0: welcome to c3 church Tabra. you're about to hear a message from our senior pastor phil oldfield get ready to be inspired to live your best life Every church has a vision and every church should have a vision by by the fact of that it was purposed in God. That's the difference between a church and say a church that might start up and it's just virtually maybe a connect group on steroids. And uh, this church is here by the heart of God and that's what I was trying to explain this morning. I, I, I deliberately did that, explain the spiritual reasoning behind the start of this church this morning. I was trying to make the difference. Delineate. Say delineate. delineate. I was delineating from good idea to God idea. This was not a good, This was just not a good idea. And this was the dilemma I was in when God challenged myself and Julie and our family to start a church. If it's a good idea, I can do without it. I'm doing good ideas now. Uh, I'm, I'm on a good wicket there. But if it's a God idea, if it's a God idea... Now, that's a, another huge proposal altogether, and that was the challenge in 95, in two years of wrestling with God, wrestling, that's why I limp now, and, <laughs> and, uh, and, 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 and just wrestling with God and determining if, if this is really you, God. So, literally, we had a God encounter, we had a Jacob encounter, where Jacob had a dream, he fell asleep on a mountain, a God mountain, where he had a dream of a certain place where and, and he had this mad dream of, and he saw this certain place uh, where there was a, like a ladder with angels ascending and descending in a certain place. And he woke up and he said, this is none other than the house of God. This is an awesome house. Amen? And so that's what, that's what I believed church could be. So with frustration, where I said, said this morning, like Moses, he saw the frustration of his people living under the taskmaster. Of, of being burdened, of working. Do you feel sorry for some people, the way they slog it out in life and they're just really, you can see it, they're doing hard guards. And do you, do you feel for them? Do you get frustrated? Really, vision is about your frustration of wanting to do something better, wanting to realize something for humanity that will help them. Amen? So a lot of vision is birthed from frustration. Moses eventually he did, did something stupid. He killed someone. Then he was on the back paddocks of, of, of life for about 40 years. God came to him again and said, Moses, I hear what you're saying. I am frustrated too. And I am feeling what you feel about your people being in slavery. Now I want you to go and set them free. Who? Me? I can't do that. Who am I that I should do that? Man, I can't do that. And that really should happen with any God vision, that you are unable to do it in yourself. A God vision is really not... God saying, I want you to do that. Ah, easy, God. I will do that myself. Look, you just get along with the nations of the earth. I can do that one. And uh, look, I'll, I'll handle that. No, you go, oh, you fall to your knees. This is holy ground. Take off your sandals. This is awesome. Burning bush. Experience God speaking to you. And, and then you do what God's called you to do. But you're really partnering with God. You're really partnering with God. This is the good thing. And that's the testimony of this church. With the few people we had, we started a church. And with the few people had, we possessed this land. And with the few people we had, we got into this building somehow, supernaturally. I don't know how, through the GFC, right at the GFC, right at the time that we needed money, the G, not 2008, the GFC hit, and uh, it was the worst time to, and the bank manager said to us, actually, we can't give you that money that you need to finish your car park and do all that. That's why we haven't got a car park, by the way. Did you realize the car park? by the way, it's not finished. Did you realize that when you drive in? Did you realize that? Did you realize we haven't got enough kids facility and the air conditioning could be a little bit warmer at times and cooler at times? Did you realize that? And all that stuff. Anyway, sorry, we had to cut that out of the budget. Is that all right? And that's why you're sitting on plastic chairs. Amen? (laughs) Just to give you the reality check. Because some people are just, oh, this is cool. I can do this. No, actually, this is just part of the vision of what God gave us. This is a part of a thousand seater auditorium that wall comes out it unbolts at the floor those big beams come out and we go out due north in Jesus name and we're gonna believe that Aussies are gonna be saved en masse and I believe it's already happening. If you go to Hillsong Conference you can see that 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 is quite true man because we couldn't even get into the place with you guys Melanie when we we're down with you down at Hillsong Conference last year and Phil and Julie senior pastors of C3 Togra ended up at the back of that Acer arena or all phones or whatever arena you call it now. We were literally stuck up in the back, in the corner, looking down at this awesome event. And so I really think that Aussies are coming around. And you can see in our church, we're getting visited by lots of people. Again, this morning, people were visiting us. And uh, lots of young families just coming, wanting a lifestyle of faith, hope, and love. And uh, want the supernatural in their life to protect their lives, to bless their lives, to optimize their lives. To, you know, and and in that there's more. Again, there's more, and that's what I want to speak about a little bit about tonight. That when you understand that God set you down on this planet, not just to be saved, but to be highly useful for Him, right. a- and He's got a plan for you to connect with, and it's usually about reconciling people to him, building his church is one huge, I'm not talking about the physical church, I'm talking about build the church, reaching out. I was down at Hillsong on Friday and Pastor Brian called a special meeting for all the pastors. And um, we had time, we got there early. I went into the shopping center to grab a coffee and um, Julie saw a watch, gave it a courtesy look. We went to move on. I said, now let's have a look at that watch. And, and we had a look at it, we went in, and eventually we decided we buy that beautiful watch. She's got a white one, i got a black one. She doesn't realize that, I didn't even... Yeah. And, uh, and, and uh, I said, no, I'm going to buy you that watch, because I always had it in my heart to buy her a watch. But it had to be the right time, the right place. But I had vision. The first one, don't tell them that, I'm not going to tell them the first watch I ever bought you was 22 years ago. That's going to make me out of cheapskate. Or did I just tell them? <laughs> and so it was a very good one. <laughs> yeah, it's a big man's boxy watch. You could drop it from a height. Yeah, she, anyway. And um, and so I bought the watch, and Julie went and got the band fixed up, and and uh, got talking to the lady, and uh, said, is "This is your business." Yeah, it's my business. I said, and, and, and where you guys go oh we're going to Hillside we're going to listen to the boss pastor Brian Houston you know he's the leader of Australia's biggest church oh, wow what, what do you do over there oh that was you know well that was it what do you do over there what do you do but I knew I had to be quick so about <laughs> two minutes later I you know I got to the point well I'll pray for you you know I'll, I'll pray for your business oh, would you she went oh, would you I said yeah let's I'll pray right now. And I, I did, I prayed. And she was really blessed. She was almost speechless. And I walked out and I said, I can't believe it. It, it felt like nobody had witnessed to her. 10, Although there was a church, 10,000 people just across the road from her. I, I couldn't help but think, but nobody had witnessed it to her. I just knew that it was the first time that someone had gave her a drink of living water. Yeah. You, you know when it's, when it's the first time? Like sometimes you go, yeah, have you heard that? Yeah, 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 well, yeah, 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 yeah. Now this was like, oh my God. Yeah, and you want to bless me? Yeah, great. And, and that was powerful. Yeah, yeah. See, see, life is full of great paradoxes, and and uh, don't think because someone lives, you know, just a stone throw from Hillsong that they haven't heard that they have heard the gospel. Because I really sensed that she hadn't, and so I believe that was destiny. I believe that was destiny to meet that precious woman. I've been reading about Abraham, and I've been talking to the church about vision, but I have not been giving the, the Garth Ball version of uh, Garth Ball, the, the executive pastor, who's not here again, uh, he had to go to a wedding, at the, uh, <laughs> he had to go to a wedding, did you hear that Garth, <laughs> and uh, he had to go to a wedding yesterday, all good excuses, they are always good excuses, oh I'm in Africa now. <laughs> I'm in Africa, I'm in Uganda. Oh, yeah, right, sure. And he was in Africa for four weeks, only just a couple of weeks ago. I mean, you know, so he's back. Then he had to go to Mitch Hammond. Mitch Hammond's married. Girls, sorry. Mitch Hammond is married. As of yesterday, Hunter Valley had a great wedding, and Garth was one of the groomsmen. And so, Garth next week, I think we're going to loose Garth to give the actual vision of, of the, what, we, what we do, local High school, prison fellowships, we're reaching out to, uh, we do camps for prisoners' kids, parents that are in jail. We do a special camp for those prisoners' kids. We're doing big noise, which is just for the general community. Um, also, we're in the high school, chaplaincy, SRE. We're in the marketplace, helping the business people. Um, but also, we're in Africa now, and that, that's, that's a big change up for us in the last year or so. And uh, Garth probably will tease out more of that later. But I'm going to get the logistical the logistical um, Garth Ball to maybe explain to you the practicality of the vision. But I am trying to get through to you the spiritual reasoning behind vision. And that's what I was doing this morning. That's why you need to get the podcast of this morning to help you understand that this is just not a good idea. Is that you... God bless you, that's, that's, yeah, yeah, I see you, you were down here when uh, you were in our church years ago, Jared Pierce, awesome, and uh, you're wagging tonight, are you, yeah, uh, you're wagging your other church, yeah. I won't tell Murray, it's all right, you do coffee with him tomorrow, I won't, 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 won't mention Jared Pierce, I will not mention you, Murray's a good friend of mine, Ways of God are wonderful and mysterious. So can I just go through some scriptures tonight? I don't want to be too long, and already I'm just shooting from the hip. Eternity is the starting point for God's activity in your life. Can I just say this again? That you are purposed in eternity, that you came from eternity. You're just not a biological accident. Oh, look, there's Matt from Ballon. He's just turned up. Biological accident. He's just got a work life out for himself and get to know God somehow. How he's going to do that, I don't know. And then he's got to find his best life on this planet, the fallen planet. No, Matt, God purposed you before the earth was sent spinning to be born and to be wired the way you are, to be set down in the 21st century to do his bidding, to to give him glory. And when you get the heads up on that, you're just not going to goof off, you know. You're not going to just live your life with no vision, amen? You're going to go, man, God, truly, have you got that for me? Wow, can I do that? Look at Olly Schofield. Who would ever thought Olly Schofield would be so awesome? But he is awesome. He is awesome in many regards because he follows the vision, follows the vision. So Paul, <laughs> Paul assured the believers in Ephesus that they had been, been chosen before the foundation of the world. Now, that's a bit of theology right there. Just, just tuck that in your belt. Ephesians 1, 4 says, For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy, say holy, and blameless, say blameless, in his sight. Where's his sight? Can it follow you home? Can it follow you to the... What's say?" Can it follow you to those other places that maybe they're a little bit sus? He does. He follows you. He's there. He's transcendent. His walls don't deter him. Space doesn't deter him. He, he knows your heart. He just doesn't look at the appearance. So when it says blameless and holy, it doesn't mean just religious. It, it really means a heart after him. One five talking about predestined, and, and it says this, He predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord. Whew, I wish I'd known that in the 70s. In accordance with His pleasure and will. It's His pleasure and will. And, and, and Paul says, when you get a handle of that, you realize the supreme significance of of your life in God and how it affects eternity. Meaning when you get into eternity and all the people that you've affected, you're going to meet them there. And if you get into eternity by just like through the flames and you haven't had any effect on anyone, you go, where's the people I spoke to? Where's the people I affected? Yeah, that's right. Where are they? But if you get into eternity and... And, man, here's your friends, here's your party, here's your connect group. Woo! Welcome. Pushing prams. 1-9. He made known to us the mystery of his will. Lord, right now, let us know the mystery of your will for my life. Let's pray that right now. Lord, let me know the mystery. Keep that up there, that scripture. The mystery of your will. The mystery of your will for my life. So if you have an identity crisis, any crisis, you need to ask God, because He says, He has made known to us the mystery of His will. That's why you need the B-I-B-L-E. You need the Bible. You need the Holy Spirit. You need to come to church. You need good friends. And you will find God's supreme mystery of His will, according to His good pleasure, which He purposed in Christ. This is His good pleasure, man. Wasn't he pleased with Cam Harvey this morning doing that prayer declaration? That's my boy. Go, get him, get him. So when you look at Abraham, you can see the wonderful, go right back to Abraham, and you can see this original, our great, 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 great grandfather, plus, 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 you know, times multiplied. If you go way back to the start of God's people when God came to Abraham, and said, Abraham, I want you to leave your father's ways, uh, that, that, those ways that don't follow me, don't honor me. I want you to leave your household, leave your security, leave everything, leave your culture, leave your country, leave everything, just leave it and go. And Father Abraham, well, Abraham did. He left by faith and started to journey with God. And God, what are you doing? What are you saying to me? And I think that's a little bit about our whole life. You know, I mean, a lot of parents must get little bit worried when you say, I got saved at SGU. I'm on a journey. Hang on, where are you going? Yeah, yeah, No, no, you're part of this household. No, it's just a spiritual journey. Settle down. I'll still do the washing up. I'll still pay my board. It's all right. But you're on a journey, and Abraham was on a journey, and that journey was about something that was set in eternity, that God had planned Abraham to know him and to go through a process of knowing him. And at the end of that process, he was proven faithful with walking up Isaac, up the mountain. He was willing to give it all for him, just like Jesus gave it all for us. And Abraham was pulled up short from sacrificing his son Isaac and said, Well done, Abraham. You're the man. I'm going to build my nation of Israel on you. And this is the nation of Israel. Two, three million people that were formulated through 12 tribes. Amen? well-organized bunch, honoring each other, loving on each other, traveling through life and just getting to know God, but fighting the adversaries and becoming a nation, becoming a special special dignified nation. We should be dignified as a nation, amen? When Balaam was asked, the prophet by Balak, the king Balak, the evil Balak, king Balak, Who'd already seen what God had done through the people of Israel and had seen God work through Israel and overcome the Egyptians and Balak, the king, who didn't want to lose his power and authority, said, "I've got to curse these people. These people where's the prophet? Where's the man of God and got the man of God the prophet, and said, "I want you to curse these people." And of course he tried, but Balaam. The prophet looked down from one mountain and said, no, I can't do it, not here, took up another mountain and looked down upon God's people who had formed, who had come together in this, in this formation that blows your mind. And so when Balaam looked down upon God's people and tried to curse them, God spoke to him again and said, you cannot. What I have blessed, I'm not a liar, I'm not a man who should lie. What I have blessed is blessed. See, three tuggers, I have blessed you. Man and woman of God, I have blessed you. So guess what Balaam sees when he looks down on God's people? Can I have that picture of that picture of God's people? And uh, we hope we got it. Let me know if it comes up. There it is. And so the Levi tribe is where the, the tent of meeting is in the middle. And these are all the other tribes that surround us. But that's what actually Balaam saw when he looked down on God's people. See, the Bible talks about us being seated in heavenly places, seated with Christ in heavenly places. When you get there and look down on your friend and see the cross and see redemption through them, you just love on them and bless them. But if you get down here and look at them in a carnal way and you don't see Jesus over their life, you don't see Jesus in their life, you don't see Jesus around their life and you go, ah, oh, yeah, them, ah, fooey to them. no. But when you get up into heavenly places, seated with Christ in heavenly places, and you look down upon your church, when you look down upon your friend, when you look down upon these people that know God, love God, you will see Christ. And then they'll say, these people are blessed, even though they've got stuff I don't agree with, even though they've got stuff I, I'm not absolutely, you know, I, I'm not happy with. I just can't help it. I've got to bless them. When people say, oh, you know, that person, yeah, they think they're a Christian, whatever. They are a Christian, but they're in a process. Like Abraham was in a process, amen? And we should look at them like Balaam saw God's people, amen? Ooh, dear God in heaven. So something significant happened in um, Abraham's life. And uh, there's four things. I just want to get those things out. But first, the thing that God said about Said to, I need to back this up, because people don't really know. So the nation, why was it instituted? Why did God say, form that nation for me, Abraham? Form it. It's going to be my people in my presence, redeeming, reclaiming, bringing order, bringing nobility to mankind, amen? And through that nation, you're going to overcome the heathen nations, and you're going to build great cities you're going to do great stuff for me. You're going to bring justice because you're living on a fallen planet. But if you agree with me, if you partner with me, I can supernaturally turn things around and break those curses off your life, the curses of lack and want and, 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 and poverty. I can break those things off you, and I can give you joy, real joy, to know me, to serve me, and build me a nation like that because from that nation eventually came our loving Savior, Jesus. Amen. Jesus came from that Savior, and from that nation, He gave birth to the church. Yeah. We are His church, and we are to do the same as what was initially originally intended. And what was originally intended, Pastor Phil, was this in Exodus 19:6. You will be for me a kingdom of priests and kings, a holy nation. These are the words of you are to speak to the Israelites that we are priests, that meaning you and I, not just me because I'm a pastor, but you and I and everyone are priests. What does a priest do? Stand between God and humanity. That's why we prayed for the hospitals. I, I allowed you to be a priest tonight, a priesthood of believers. Is that cool? So when you go, when you go from this place and you say to you. Your friend says, "Ah, oh, you went to church. What for? Well, we prayed for the hospitals. What do you mean? You know, what was all that? Well, you know, we're priests. Priests, get out of it. No, the Bible says we're priests to the believers, and we can pray for all the things on this planet, including people in hospital and people suffering and struggling and people that need jobs and people need breakthrough. We can do that. But what else does priests do? What else does kings do? I should say, kings confer blessing. And if you saw Cam Harvey there this morning to his declaration of prosperity over the church. That was in a kingly manner. Lord, we're blessed. We're co- blessed in our coming and our going. We'll be blessed in the city. We'll be blessed at home. Thank you, Father, that you've bestowed upon us prosperity in all our life, socially, physically, spiritually. Thank you, God. And he, as a king, in a kingly anointing, amen, was bestowing on us blessing. And that's another thing we can do. You can do that for SG. Lord, I'm praying for SG. I'm blessing SG Youth Group. Yes, Lord, that's my voice. I haven't say, said it previously, but I believe SG is on fire. And SG will save souls. And SG will prosper. And it will make a difference in the high schools in our region. SG, Lord, come on. Amen. And then, in the quiet times, priesthood. Yeah, Lord, I'm praying. That might be in a secret place where you're just praying and believing for SG to bless, to be a blessing, and to be blessed. I think that was a powerful point. So, if you look at Abraham, and I'd love to put, uh, tease that out a little bit more, but can we look at four things? What happened? Because Abraham becomes our role model of what can happen when you say yes to Jesus and you allow him to give you vision. We're talking about vision builders. So, yes, you're saved, but there's more to the plan than that. He wants you to be connected through your time, your talent, your treasure, to see three Tugra, to serve this vision, to give to this vision, to, to just agree with us at least, come on. Come on. and say, come on, let's do this together. Amen. Let's do this together. Let's, let's pull off some great exploits. Great exploits means that we, con- we combine our, our um, time, talent, and treasure, and supernaturally, God multiplies it, and we pull off miracles. And then you get a check in the mail for the royalties of what God does through this church. You go, did I do that? Yeah, you gave it because you, you, know, you gave your tithe. And you go, awesome. Oh, man. Wow. Did I really bless Africa? Did I bless uh, some people in, in the orphanages and schools? And Did I bless the marketplace in uh, Nairobi? Did I really do that? Did I really bless? I mean, this is awesome. These are the dividends you get from serving the kingdom. Do you know what I mean? The Bible calls it a harvest of righteousness. Wow. Where you get up in the morning and go, you know what? I'm not really doing all that well on paper, but I just feel I'm being a blessing. Come on. I, I, I don't know what it is. I'm unemployed. I give my tithe out of my unemployment check, but you know what? I'm waking up like I've won the. Man, I, I, it's like I bought. Um, What, IBM shares? No, Apple shares when they were $10, but now they're worth $600. And I just got some royalty checks out of that. It's awesome. Do you know what I mean? This will make you live, young people. If you look at life in the circumstance of which you are, no job, no career, nothing's going on here. No, get up on high ground. Look down upon your life, young person, and see Christ and His redemption. See the cross of Calvary over your life and say, man, I want to curse my life, but I am blessed. I am honestly blessed. And you're getting around going, what got into you, Nick? You know, where's Nick? He's awesome. He's getting around like he's just blessed out of his socks. There he is. Yeah, he's awesome because he realizes he's always looking down on himself. He's saying, man, you're doing really well. Keep at it. Yeah, go for it, son. Go for it. He's not down here going, oh, woe is me. Oh, look at me. I, no, man, this guy's a legend. I love his attitude to life. Amen? Taking selfies and... <laughs> Four things. Quickly, Pastor Phil. Purpose. It'll give you purpose. So all of a sudden you realize, I'm here for purpose. Isaiah 14, says... The Lord Almighty has sworn, surely as I have planned, so it will be. And as I have purposed, so it will be for Nick. It's gonna be. It's, he's gonna pull off miracles. Life is not meaningful meaningless for Nick or others. It's very purposeful. And it's so imperative to live your life with purpose that which gives you hope. It's when you get the download of vision for your life. And when we got the vision to birth this church, we were given such extravagant purpose. We were just charged. We were charged. Does that work for you? We were charged in God. He wants us to start a a church. (laughs) Can you believe that? No, I'm a pram pusher. Man, you ask anyone back in the 90s and the 80s, I just pushed prams into churches. That's all I did. Pushed prams. Julie was the loudmouth. She was preaching and. Go see her. She'll get you saved. She'll bless you. She'll... I'm not saying anything. I'm not sure about the whole deal yet. But when I got saved and got. Well, I mean, when I got vision, I should say, in 95, 93, really, 93, 94, 95 were hurdy-gurdy times for us as a family where we had a burning bush experience and we knew God was challenging us. See, God is challenging you in your vision and it's very serious because it affects eternity. Now, I'm not going to start a church in Wyong, Lord. I'm quite happy to work in juvenile justice or wherever I was working. I'm just going to do that. But don't you know the angel said this affects people's eternity? that thousands of people will come through that church called C3 Tugra, and, 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 and you're going to be answerable to that. You're going to be answerable to if you're going to start a church or not. So really, if you allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you, you, got, you just can't help but do what God asks you to do. You know, Who would ever thought Doug would be up there? When I first met him, quiet, retiring guy, get one, two words out of him. And if I would have said, "Doug, you're going to affect hundreds, maybe thousands of people." And uh, he would have laughed at me, me, "No way, man, I'm not doing nothing. I'm not saying nothing. You don't get me, I'm shy. I'm re- you know I'm just a quiet guy, but put a guitar in his hand, and he's awesome. He's affecting the atmosphere over while he's affecting the atmosphere in this church. He's affecting the atmosphere of the podcasters that are listening to us in Barcelona, in Italy, in, in America, and to the islands of the earth. Come on. Purpose. I gotta move on. Sorry. Urgency was the second one. Abraham was given a sense of urgency for one to realize God is working our eternal purpose. In his life is to live with a sense of urgency. You're not goofing off. You know that your life is valuable. God is moving through you around you. You just know that life is too precious just to goof off. Uh, one of my pet uh, disappointments is to see youth just kicking cans around. I see them up at Wild Plaza and they're just hanging around, just, you know, terrible talk and they're just no they got no dignity, they got no sense of purpose. They, 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 they obviously assume their life is meaningless, amen? They're nothing better to do. They hang around the plaza, you know, whatever, oh, yeah, whatever. Oh, I don't want to be, you know, but I, my, my heart goes out. It's like Moses said, have you seen my people? They're, they're under the taskmaster of the spirit of the age, that has obviously devastated their, 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 their whole way of life, their whole outlook of life. They've been disappointed, dejected, rejected, and they're just caved in and sitting in a gutter. Yeah. Don't you care for that? Yes. Don't you care for the, those young people that are, man, uh, I'd like to get a couple of them on our soccer team, man. Get them to get the feeling of winning and scoring goals, amen? Yeah. Yeah. That's why sports are good, <laughs> volunteering is good not hanging around a gutter, around a shopping center. Three, motivation. Apostle Paul said, the love of Christ compels us when we get this vision, when we get vision builders on the inside of us. What's C3 Tugger doing? Oh, let me tell you, we're doing great stuff. We're reaching out. It's making a difference. Look at Craig Scott. He cries at every family that comes to church and gets saved or blessed by God because he loves to see families blessed. Do you know what I'm saying? He is compelled to finish that car park because he wants wants to see families blessed. He wants to see more of what we do on a larger scale, don't you? He loves the numbers. Did you see how many people we had, he tells me, when we get big crowds? That was awesome. He loves it because it's in us to want to see people blessed and to have more in the beginning he said and i want you to multiply that's in our hearts you don't sow into a business say oh look just if it gets by i'm happy with that you know I'm, I'm happy if it just pays me a wage no if you sow if you're a farmer you're sowing and you're sweating you're buying seed but sowing sweating it out and praying for rain you're praying for a bumper harvest yeah. we're praying for a bumper harvest through C3 tugra We're praying for more, so much more. It's in my heart to, I'm motivated by that, but I'm motivated, the love of Christ compels me. 2 Corinthians 5.14, Philippians 3.12 says, not that I've already obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ took hold of me. I'm taking hold of that for which he took hold of me. Why did he take me From a heathen living in darkness. Why did he take me and place me in the kingdom? Well, I've got to realize that to get vision because I am in the kingdom not just to goof off, not just to be an idle bystander, but now Christ has purposed me before the earth was sent spinning to be in the kingdom for such a time as this to be useful. And I've got to know that because the Bible says, not that I've already obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal, 3.12 says, but I press on to take hold of that which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I don't consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, and I don't either. I mean, I've just done one granular sand compared to you know, what needs to be done on the planet, Brothers and sisters, I don't consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, and I hope you agree with us, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, through vision, through vision builders, through the local church, 314, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. He knew why he was motivated, because the Lord had saved his life And through that great revelation, if you have saved my life with that extravagant sacrifice, extravagant love, man, I've got to. I've got to to represent you. I've got to do something significant for you. Amen? 2 Corinthians 5.14, I'm nearly done. The apostle says it like this in the amplified version. Who likes the louder amplified version? 2 Corinthians 5.14 says, For the love of Christ controls and urges and impels us. Because we are of the opinion and conviction that if one died for all, then all died. And he died for all so that all those who live might live no longer for themselves. Hang on, hang on, what did he say there? Powerful statement. That you would not live just under yourself. No, that you wouldn't live under yourself. You would join, you would become part of the family God, join a local church and start pulling together, doing great stuff together, worshiping God together, giving together, serving God through vision And you will be awesome in doing that. So no longer for themselves, but to and for him who died and was raised again for their sake. Paul knew he was radically saved. Luke 4, 747. Cut to the chase now. Time is gone. But whoever has been forgiven little loves little. Meaning that if you don't understand that that God has saved your soul, your heathen soul, that you have been blessed with salvation. I love that Twitter. One of my Twitter friends said, and, and, and if you know the love of Christ is in you, why don't you tell your face? And if you know the love of Christ is in you, why don't you tell your face? We so forget. And Paul, and, and the scripture says in Luke 7 47, and whoever has been forgiven loves little. The more you can realize that you are forgiven immensely, you will love immensely. Your heart will go out to people you don't even care about or even want to know about. Your heart, you're just everywhere you go, you're just reaching out to them. You're just finding a way to to their precious life to say, Jesus loves you. That lady at the checkout, that person behind the counter, there's people with jobs that are so boring. Have mercy on them and share the love of God with them for, for God's sake. I'm sure even Angus, when he was down there doing the phones, and we used to go up to him and say, Hey, Angus, how are you? Yeah, praise God. Yeah, I'm doing all right. How many people came up to you to try and witness to you? I'd like to do that the survey right now. How many people came up to you when you were up at Westfields doing the phone stall there? How many people tried to witness to you, to you and then realized, Oh, you're saved. How many, how many was it? One? And how long did you work there? Four months and you had only one person try and get you saved. And it was probably me, was it? Guys, <laughs> nice. Paul knew he was saved. He's chief of the sinners. 1 Timothy 1.15, here's a trustworthy saying. There's a full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am the worst. fourth was eternal meaning. And I'd love to read you the scripture, but it talks about, and I think I will because it's powerful, 2 Corinthians 5, 9. So we make it our goal to please Him, whether we are at home in the body or away from it. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each of us may receive what is due us for the things done while in the body, in the church, whether good or bad. 5.11 says, since then we know what it is to fear the Lord, we trust, we try to persuade others. What we what we are is plain to God and I hope it is also plain to your conscience. You know when you download this, this sort of message, once you've downloaded it, everywhere you go, every life that you bump into, it has an eternal consequence. Meaning you can't go anywhere now, Cam, or anywhere without it having... Even to those, you know, Cam tells me his stories. He's an airline pilot. and Sometimes he gets these captains are full of themselves. They're arrogant. And and, and sometimes he's got to be the co-pilot. And he says, what is it with these guys? They're so full of themselves. But you know, even your life has an effect on them. All our lives have an effect on life, on others, when we receive this understanding that we are, Are born again with a vision to affect people's lives for good. To be, seemingly, every time God turned up on the planet, it was on purpose through vision to bless, to recover, to save. And let's all stand. And I believe, and I believe God wants to use you, each and every one of you, through vision builders. For He chose us in Him, Ephesians 1, 4, before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in His sight in love. He predestined us for the adoption of sonship through Christ Jesus in accordance with the pleasure and His will to the praise of His glorious grace which is freely given us in the one He loves. It comes down at the end of the day. If you accept your mission, Abraham proves to us through his story It is really about a response of faith and obedience. Obedience or faith. Do you you accept? Or do you say, God, i got enough to worry about. But only if you would know, if you would join with Him, even in your struggle, even in your disappointments, even in all your mayhem and drama, through that, if you would join with Him, He will make sense of all that other stuff. And He will bless you. He will heal you. He will empower you, strengthen you, honor you, anoint you with favor. Don't step out. Don't step off the playing field. Oh, I'm banged up. I was traumatized as a kid. Stuff happened to me. People said things to me, whatever. i got disabilities. No, stay on the playing field. Stay on the playing field. The Holy Spirit's going to give you a jersey. It's going to have the cross on the back, and you're going to run. You're going to run for the prize. You're going to score goals for Jesus. In the name of the Lord, right now, I pray. Eyes are opening to see the vision for which you were born for. You are born for a purpose. You were born for such a time as this. Right now, with the music lifted, I believe that you, my friend, yes, you are born for such a time as this. I pray that you would be given vision, not to see on the horizon calamity and to see bad things happening, but your eyes would be open to see good things. Opportunity. Favor. Finances. Ah, breakthrough. Your best life is with good vision. Open your eyes and see what God will do through your life. Open your eyes and see what Christ can do through your life. He is able. He's El Shaddai. More than enough. He's capable. He's Jehovah Jireh. He's our provider. He is our God right now. May we never be the same again. You've born me. You've purposed me before the earth was sent spinning to come and take residence on this planet to be blessed, to be a blessing. Lord, let it begin now. Set me free to live the life of a lifetime. One life only my friend, for it is appointed unto man to die once and once only and then the judgment so, listen up, people of God. Here we go. Run for the prize. Press towards it. Live for it. Pay for it. Sacrifice your life for it. Do what you got to do, but be connected to God's vision for your life. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you get that message, man, I'm telling you. Last chapter of John, the Gospel of John. Peter is being asked by Jesus, Do you love me? Peter says, Yes, I love you. Jesus says, Feed my lambs. Who are lambs? New Christians. Then Jesus asked Peter again, Do you love me, Peter? Peter says, Yes, Lord, I love you. And then Jesus says to him, Ten. My sheep, tending sheep is guiding them, giving them direction and vision. And then Jesus said to him again, almost as if to say, you don't get it, Peter. Do you agape me? Do you love me? Will you lay down your life for me? Do you, would you do anything for me? Would you give your all to me? That's basically what he was saying. Peter was was thinking filial love, meaning just friendship love. No, this is lay down lover for Christ stuff, amen? Do you love me Peter yes Lord I love you you might say feed my sheep feed my lambs tend my sheep feed my sheep tonight you have received food to live your life in the ever present reality that you are born on purpose that you are on this planet on purpose, that He designed you to find your identity in Christ Jesus, to live your best life, to be blessed, to be a blessing through the powerful and wondrous cross and the anointing of the Holy Spirit to prosper, to be blessed emotionally, physically, spiritually, materially, in every way, God wants to prosper you. Beloved, I pray that you would prosper, even as yourself, soul is prospering. May your prosper. We hope you enjoyed listening to this message. For more information on what you've just heard or how to visit us, go to c3telgra.org.au. We hope to see you at church soon.